0: some I mean our society avoids pain you know it's like
1: tweet moment
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: our society avoids pain ladies and gentlemen
0: so and that's how we're trained you know we're trained oh don't talk about this at the dinner table because it's
1: This is the podcast where we talk about all kinds of identity matters and things that help you to be true to yourself and discover your true authentic self. And um, today, I'm very happy to be joined by my friend Marco here. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so this is going to be a very interesting podcast. I know already. <laughs> I just, I just Why know, I just know beforehand. So. So, and, and the first question right away. So, Marco um, has invited me a couple of days ago to have lunch at Google, uh, at New York City's office of Google. Um, and that was a very interesting experience. And um, that has led me to think, um, sometimes people say, oh, I work at Google, and, and all kinds of images come up. And yeah. it kind of like, it almost mm. seems like your identity is defined by the job you have, or oh, or yeah. the office you work for. And here is more. Um, and in my podcast, I intentionally do not ask people what their job is and where they work, mm-hmm. etc. Because I do not believe that the job should be defining what you are and who you are. I agree. But do you feel that way? Like working at Google, does it like does it change how? Did it change the way people perceive you?
0: Um, well, so on a friend perspective, not really. Um, the funny story is actually for a couple of years, my friends were telling me I should work for a big company mm-hmm. like Microsoft, Google. So I mm-hmm. don't know if they already saw me as that ah, before I got okay. there. I don't, I don't know. You'd... So there
1: is some sort of profiling. People M- maybe. who are a good match or you, not. You'd have
0: to ask that. I, I yeah. don't know. You'd have to ask them. But for me, pers- like for new people, strangers Uh people I haven't met before I'm the same way I usually don't talk about it I usually don't ask I'm more interested in who they are rather than what they do yeah um but when it does come up it's usually like the very very last thing it's like oh what do you do I am a technical consultant it's like oh for what like a big company Uh you know it's like you avoid saying it all the way until the end then you go for google and they're like oh wow and then they have all these questions like about stuff yeah you, I personally know nothing about, like there <laughs> questions about search or YouTube or all these things and I'm just like, that's not where I work in, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, everything. Yeah. And then of course it's all the classic stereotypes and presumptions and Yeah. And I don't, I, I, I personally don't think I fit any of those, mm-hmm. but I mean, like I said, you'd have to, we're all terrible judges of our own personality, so it's like you'd have to ask someone else, <laughs> but me personally, no. Yeah. It hasn't changed much.
1: Wow. And uh, well, tell us, I, it's just so interesting that so many people are so interested in, in this whole culture and, and there are people from different uh, countries watching us. Um, how is that culture? Uh, do people feel that working for such a big corporation um, kind of separate them from the rest of the world? Hmm. I wonder if uh, what I'm aiming for is the identity perception and how people, does it change them?
0: Well, it's a hard question because I work for Google and I'd like to think I'm an independent person without bias. Uh. <laughs> but at the same time, it's very, very hard and very, very difficult. I mean, before I joined Google, and you know, my coworkers and colleagues know this, so this isn't like a surprise... I was very, very anti-Google and very critical of Google. Uh-huh. You know, and a lot of that was because of their privacy approach, because I mm. consider them the same as Facebook.
1: I see. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, now that I'm in Google, like, it's been a 180, and now I'm very pro-Google, and I'm very, like, we are a force for good, and we are making a difference, and we are doing the right thing. Yeah. But of course, all my friends are like... really like really you get inside the walled garden and now you're preaching it to everyone else and and I I get that you know it's like I try very hard to be unbiased and very hard to remain Uh neutral but it's hard because Mm -hmm. I'm there Um, that's really so that's the first like outside looking in versus inside looking out yeah in terms of like the culture Mm -hmm. Google is a big company, but it doesn't feel like one,
1: yeah. you know, oh, it's very
0: connected. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. when you're in a really big corporation or a big company, it feels like you don't know anyone. Yeah. Like there's, there's like a hundred thousand people. It's like, how could you possibly know everyone? Uh-huh. But what Google has done extraordinarily well is they've made it really, really easy to bridge the gap and connect everyone. Mm-hmm. So I could very easily set up a 30 minute one-on-one. With someone in california or in ireland or yeah. wherever one of google's offices is and we just push a button and then we're talking so it's it's that is so fascinating that is still so fascinating to me, it, to me it, it that was probably one of the most shocking things yeah. is that i was having the easiest 30 minute one-on-one video calls with people mm. across the world and it felt so organic and natural as if i was having a in-person one-on-one I've had in-person one-on-ones with people at Google mm-hmm. that were like more awkward and weirder to navigate than like the ones over video call, yeah. where it was like these super deep super interesting conversations mm-hmm. getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. So the culture feels so intimate and so close and so small. And I mean I, I pointed out to you, I think that yeah. you know just how many people are socializing when you walk by, yeah they're that's not very true. like people aren't like not working 24/7 mm-hmm. there going for a walk to the coffee bar to get a coffee and have a chat with their friend who works in another office who they haven't seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a micro-community. Yeah. But of course, that also leads to like, kind of like the the walled garden where, you know, you're, you're almost so entrapped in the culture that you don't really feel see what's going on in the real world <laughs> you know you, you get free food and then you start complaining oh you know I don't really like it today and then everyone's like yeah. you get free food like, yeah, Shut yeah, up. yeah you know so so it's it's there's there's all those different aspects of it and yeah. um I love it overall I, I really really do but That's you know it's, there's lots of different ways you could look at it and it all has its uh, pros and cons totally
1: so to totally I um you know sometimes I think um there is this category of people who once they get a certain job, um, they decide that this is 90% who they are, right? But I know about you that you have all kinds of different hobbies and things that you're Mm -hmm. passionate about. So if there is like a percentage range that you could think of, Mm -hmm. what would be the percent of your job versus the rest of your life?
0: In terms of... Time spent, or in terms of how much it represents my how identity. much it
1: re- represents you, yeah.
0: I would say maybe five to ten percent.
1: Oh my God, that's beautiful. I love it. that's. What I mean, it's like
0: it's like, it so it's, like <laughs> I, it's like the reality is, you know, we live in a society where you have to like work for a living, and you know, and it's so yeah. for me. That's not to say that I don't like it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like my call co- I tell this to my colleagues and coworkers every day that I. I love them very much. I love working with them every morning when I wake up to go into work. They're the reason why I'm excited to go to work. Like the people that I work with are just phenomenal and amazing Mm. and I'm very lucky and blessed, but I have always actually, despite working in a science field, I've always been an artist. So for me, it's like I can work as a scientist and I can make money as a scientist and have the opportunity through Google to explore all of my other artistic passions on the side. yeah. So I don't identify with my job. And I also feel like even if I was as I was in an art in an artistic job, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I would identify with that either because I just feel yeah. I feel very I feel like personality and identity are too complicated mm-hmm. at least for me to pinhole into a yeah. little box. Yeah So but with work, it's like, if I left tomorrow, mm-hmm. the only thing I would miss would be my colleagues. You know, yeah. the culture is wonderful, everything like that. But um, I don't go to work for the for I the think, work.
1: I think this is such a <clears throat> this is such a healthy way of looking um, at professional life mm-hmm. that it is not defined by the the name of the company you work for, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's really the people connections and the impact that you do on a day-to-day basis.
0: And I'm sure there, there are some people who have that, you know, mm-hmm. they, they're really connected with who they are on a career level, on a job level, maybe they're an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. maybe they're a self-proprietor, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case is, and they really, really identify strongly with their work, and I think that's great Yeah. as long as they chose that. You know, and they own that.
1: Ooh, that is a tweet moment, <laughs> friends! You know,
0: <laughs> you know, I think.
1: The choice, the
0: choice. So many people yes. think, like, oh, that's what everyone else wants, that's what everyone else has, that's what I have to go for. And then they're yeah. miserable their whole life because they didn't choose it. Exactly. And even if on the inside they're like dying inside, I need a hobby, I need an artistic passion, I'm living at my office. Mm-hmm. And it's for some people. If they enjoy that, that's their love. That's their life. Own it. Like love yeah. it. You know. Yeah. But for those who don't, they're so unhappy and so miserable. And that's and that's. It's hard because you look at everyone else and you see what everyone else has, but there's always that other side that you don't see. Yeah. But, but it's it's all about whether they choose it or not. You know. And I choose not for it to be.
1: So uh, let's wait here for a second. <laughs> I personally, um, I'm a big fan of conversations about choices that we make in our life because Mm -hmm. um, it was not always the case in my life that um, I had choices or at least I knew I had choices. Mm -hmm. I I was not born that way. I feel like in my childhood I knew that there are no choices. Rather mm. than they are, I knew that there is this kind of right. path in life that I'm offered, mm-hmm. and here you go, you take it, and <laughs> bye <bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> See you at the graveyard. See you at know? The end. Yeah, at the end. When you join all the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's uh, probably, it happened to me a few years ago, a couple of years ago, not too long ago, when I discovered that, wait a second. Uh, why don't I make choices on my own so mm-hmm. I had to give myself a permission to choose mm-hmm. um, would you say it happened to you at some point in your life where you realize that wait a second I can be a scientist I can be an artist I can be whatever the I want to be because as long as I choose it or were you born this way being so free and liberated? from <laughs> The pressures of society oh and, my gosh. and all that what a question and <laughs> so many answers.
0: So I guess I'll answer the short ones first. Um, so I in my family was always like, for lack of a better word, The Black Sheep, the different one, which... Hi! Yeah,
1: run. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So for me, it was all I was always looking at things differently. I was always questioning the order of why are we doing things this way, you know, and, and I'm sure that made everything difficult for everyone. But regardless, um, so for me, that, I guess, created the awareness and the exploration of, like, looking at things differently. Yeah. I think the thing that gave me the choice was actually, and I didn't realize this only until very, very recently because it was always, it always was, where did this come from? Where did, you know, why is it so easy for me to say, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I actually, in hindsight, I think it was my mom because I remember when all the way when I was very, very little, my mom would say, what do you want to do? And I would say, I don't know. Or Uh I would say something different. It would be, oh, I want to be a doctor. And then she would ask me the next week and I would say, I want to be an Egyptologist. Oh, you know, nice. just all over the place. And my mom never said no. Mm. She never said, no, you can't be this. Or no, you mm. can't be that. So, but she would always just go along with Okay. Yeah. Sure. That's you know, wonderful. And, and it actually almost got to the point where it was so many choices that I didn't know what to do. You know, analysis paralysis. Yeah. Pre being a millennial. Yeah. Um, and, and, I got to a very, very low point in high school for other various reasons, Uh but for me it became I just need to pick something that I'm good at, that's easy, that I'll never have to think about. Yeah. Uh, So I picked computer science because I was very, very good with computers. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't really until after I graduated that all of these, I guess, subconscious seeds began to blossom and say, well you're not really happy with this, Mm -hmm. but you're good at it and it allows you, it enables you to do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. So what would, what do you want to do? Like, Mm -hmm. like choose what you want to do. Uh And of course that brought on all these fears. Like, well, I don't know if I'd be good at that. I don't know if I'd be this. I don't know if I'd be like, it brings up all of these things, but I had received a really great piece of wisdom from, Uh Asa, uh-huh. who, we, who we know so well, uh, yeah. who for me has been like a mentor and a teacher. And he said, just start and you'll figure out the rest.
1: This is so great, and, guys. And just, just record this. <laughs> this is another tweet moment. <laughs> and this happens during every single one of our conversations. Just start it, okay? Mm-hmm. If you have no idea what is going on, what are you doing right now, what to do with your life, just, just go with that, okay? I think just... We lose so much time sometimes Mm -hmm. just thinking over and over all kinds of concepts and what if, like, the fears and this and that. Just go with that, right?
0: And I think it comes from a very good place because I think it comes from a place of this means a lot to me and I want to do it right. Yeah. Um, The problem with doing it right is all masters, all great people who have gone through a skill or a practice or a vocation, Mm -hmm. all of them have kind of done it through exploration and figuring it out as they go you know yeah. or they had the one-on-one instruction of a really really great teacher or mentor yeah, yeah. so like taking an example i four or five years ago mm-hmm. said i want to learn how to speak italian yeah. you know it's 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 my father's language it's, yeah. I, it's i'm 50 percent that you know uh, i love italian opera it's like but it goes wonderful. it goes everywhere yeah. Yeah. and i didn't start learning it for a year uh-huh. Because I spent all this time in my head, well, is it better to learn through Duolingo or is it mm. better to learn through a book or is it better to learn through oh, a teacher or yes. this? And I created all these charts and graphs comparing <laughs> what would be the pros and cons of how to learn it. And one day, like Ace's wisdom popped into my yeah. head, just start and you'll figure the rest out. Yeah, and I yes. said, I'm just going to pick one and start Yeah. and I'll pivot if I need to. Yeah. And I started with Duolingo, Mm -hmm. which led me to a teacher. And now I am four years into studying it. And I went to Italy in October for two weeks. And I spoke Italian the entire time perfectly fine. I love that. You know, so it really is true. Just start, find some way to start. And you will pivot and you will figure the way out. And if it really is something you pursue and follow, you'll still get to where you want to get in the end. And you what know,
1: a great feeling it must have been to arrive amazing. in Italy and realize that after so many lessons and efforts and time you've put into this, you're, you're here, here I am. Like, right. And then uh, say something and <laughs> be like I speak uh, Italian, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, <laughs> what, like, what was that? Uh, it was,
0: it was wonderful. I mean.
1: Did you feel like this is where I belong or because it's so interesting. <sighs> I, um, you know, last year I went to Russia specifically for the purpose of discovering my inner child, Mm -hmm. so to say, or Mm -hmm. finding the way to talk to my inner child or, Mm -hmm. you know, to heal my inner child as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I felt like it was very detrimental and very important to be there where I was born, where my roots are. Mm -hmm. Um, And so some, I think I can relate to how you felt. Mm-hmm. Because it's 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 your identity, right?
0: Yes. You know, um, it, it's part of my identity. It's uh, it's part of my culture. I mean yeah. I'm unapologetically, unbashedly very like pro Italian. Like I'm pro Russian too, you know, yeah. mother, I'm I'm half Russian, my mother's Russian. But it's like I'm very much into the Italian way of living, you know, I've never, as much as I love New York City, Mm -hmm. and I know some people like hate it, and I I definitely love it, there are a lot of things I'm not a fan of that I find solace in like Italian culture and the Italian way of Mm. living, but also there are things in that culture that I'm not the biggest fans of that I find solace here. Mm -hmm. So there is a part of me that feels like I want to find a home, I want to find a place, I want to find a tribe Mm -hmm. in Italy. Yeah. uh which is kind of what sparked these trips. Mm-hmm. but for me I, I wouldn't say I found my inner child but I did find a different part of me. yeah I found uh, I found the artist in me there. I had started exploring the artist in me maybe like seven or eight months ago yeah uh, like in the summer mm-hmm. and I had started that with piano and music theory lessons I'd started with poetry and it was kind of all over the place. I didn't really know where it was going. That and is then so wonderful. in Italy, I stayed in Florence for 10 days and then Rome for four days. And in Florence, I just found you're exposed to all of the great artists and great masters yeah, of the world yeah. and the perfection and the beauty and the, the it's just in the air. Yeah. Like you walk the streets of Florence and it's literally permeates oh, the air. Oh, it's so beautiful. You yeah. know, it's like, and I don't necessarily know if I would want to live there, but it's it inspired me so much and it's never gone away. You know? Really? It's not yeah. faded. It's not dwindled. Mm-hmm. It's maybe not as present, but it's not, it's never dwindled or faded for one moment. Wow. Um, just because I just felt so in touch with that, almost that energy. Not, mm-hmm. not so much uh, the energy of the people living or whatever the case is, but... There's something very, very special about that city that's very, very, very hard to explain or describe until you've actually been there and walked the streets and seen the artwork and seen the palaces. Um, And it was very profound and very changing for me.
1: That is, what a great story. And and, um, I think it's, uh, and that's what I'm trying to inspire in other people uh, to pursue your true self. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's instead of sitting and waiting for things to happen for you or to you in your life, you can initiate that process of becoming your authentic self or finding or uncovering or discovering your authentic self Mm -hmm. because it's, um, I, it's incomparable. The feeling of knowing that Uh. you are in the place of your most like highest potential highest power it's it's incomparable in my mind to anything
0: really it's irreplaceable you know i would give up so many things to if i had to to maintain where i am today yeah because every day that i wake up Mm -hmm. might not necessarily be a oh i'm looking forward to the day or oh it's going to be a fun day you know sometimes you have stuff that you don't necessarily want to do but true it's you know it's good for you or you know that it's something that benefits you to do it yeah but I never wake up feeling I'm not on the right path I wake up some mornings and say you know today I'm not really going to be doing something on my path or today I'm today's just going to be a day where like if I once I get to the end like I'll be happy you know yeah Yeah. but I don't ever wake up feeling you know I'm not in the right spot I feel like I am slowly going to where I want to be yeah musically whether it's with poetry or whether it's with Now, do
1: you know where you want to be or it's more of a,
0: you know, how you
1: want to feel? Um, Or it's just, I don't really
0: feel like it's either. Honestly, I I definitely don't know where I want to be, Mm -hmm. you know, for sure. Like I know there are lots of things that I want to do because I feel like they're an expression of myself and my identity. And I think that's very, very healthy and also fun. Yeah. You know, it's fun to just be yourself and express yourself.
1: Oh, it's the best. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's the best. It's like,
0: it's like all the times that I felt horrible and the worst was when I was not expressing myself.
1: Tweet moment.
0: You know, One more like... time,
1: guys. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever, whenever you feel horrible and you're in a kind of low point in your life, chances are this is happening to you because you are not being true to yourself. And you're not in agreement with your inner true authentic self, so you're going against the current, pretty much, Mm -hmm. right? And that's how that's how I felt. Like I was wrestling with something, and and there was so much resistance in my life. At some point, where at some point I was like, okay, I give up. Like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, probably I'm not happy because I'm not being honest with myself. I'm not being true to myself, and. And maybe it's time. And so once you, it's like layers, right, of onion skin almost. You start peeling them off and, and asking yourself questions and trying to discover and mm-hmm. find those, like, pain points. Okay, does it hurt? Does it hurt? Does it yeah. hurt? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It hurts so much that probably this is where I used to Yeah. Take... <laughs>
0: like, finding the most uncomfortable thing about yourself. Yeah. And, like, diving into it is so valuable and also oh terrifying and oh, scary yes, yes. and painful. It's so it's rife with so many things. It's yeah. it's extremely valuable. It can also be quite scary and quite, you know, like be 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 sure that like you're going that way. But I yeah, um, I
1: think I think once you decide to go into that Kind of scary, scary path of finding out uh, yeah. and facing your fears and, and uh, lies too. Um, I think just buckle up and go with it, you know, because like there is no, like I don't have any, do you have any suggestions on how to like approach?
0: <laughs> if you find anything negative in yourself or about yourself,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that did not come from you ever. We are not born thinking, oh, I'm not attractive or, oh, I'm not smart. No one is born thinking that way. It always right it always comes from someone else. Someone yeah. put that in us. We chose to accept it as true in that moment based on the circumstances and then we carry it with us. And in truth, it takes on our face. It takes on our persona. It takes on everything about us. But it never came from us. I didn't wake up one moment and say, oh, I'm I'm not friendly. Or, oh, I'm I'm not smart. Or, I'm not attractive. Uh There's no person where that's true. The thing that happens is, is when we're very, very young, someone says something. And because we're learning about everything, we're like, oh, that's true. And then it becomes true. Yeah. So if you find anything that is, like, very negative and very Mm -hmm. antagonistic and angry and not necessarily critical... Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, I don't work as hard. There might be like areas of that that have some degree of truth based on like you observing your behavior. Mm -hmm. It's like the harsh judgments is what I'm talking about. Like, you're lazy or you're ugly or Uh all of these really harsh things. They don't come from from us. They come from other people. And when you make that distinction... And you go, oh, why am I so self-critical? Why am I so self-judgy? Why do I hate this about myself? You just have to say, well, I don't hate this about myself. Someone else hates this in me, and I'm just choosing to put my face on it. Uh And you can peel it away that way. And for me, that was very, very powerful for me in terms of like separating what other people had said to me in my life versus what I wanted to be true. Yeah. The other piece is I'm a very big believer in a book, uh, Marcus Aurelius' Meditations, Uh which was very much about the Stoic philosophy of you don't necessarily have control over what people say to you or your initial response, Mm -hmm. but you do have choice about what happens after.
1: True, yeah.
0: So someone could say something really nasty to you and it could make you upset, and that's okay. This Mm -hmm. is not about, you know, this almost false zen mentality of you should never get angry, which mm-hmm. I think is wrong. You know, you, you, with that, you know, yeah. it's like, it's almost this false, it's like a false zen where you're emotionless and unchanging. And I don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah, It's okay to get emotional and angry in the moment. The thing that is not necessarily okay is letting it control you and it lingers throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So it's finding a way to almost kick in your awareness and say, oh, I'm doing it again. I'm carrying someone else's mess.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and then
0: you decide to step out of it. You know, and that's hard because oftentimes in those situations, you're right.
1: Yeah.
0: In in a in a sense or in a way, you're in the right, or at least you feel you're in the right. Mm-hmm. But you have to ultimately decide: is it more important for me to be right, or is it more important for me to be happy? Mm-hmm. And I made the choice a long time ago that happiness is more important than being right. Yeah, yeah, So it's like, oh, someone flips me off, even though they ran into me in the in the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. It's like. Okay,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm not gonna take your mess.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know. Wow, but it must have. You know, I know it's it's easier said than done. Absolutely. And, and right now, you, you, you of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly, I'm very happy that that you got to the point uh, where it's so easy to talk about it, mm-hmm. uh, like and and and. Uh, Partially the reason why you're here Is that uh, I knew you were You are able to give uh, Good advice to Mm. anyone who is In a hard um, Of course uh, in in a difficult Situation trying to find their way In life because Mm -hmm. I know that You did a lot of inner work On yourself because all that (laughs) you're Saying right now I I almost Feel the pain and, and How much time it has taken And effort and But there is something about I think what I realized that once I had the knowledge and it's almost like intuition that I know there's something there's some kind of potential in me and I just need to discover it Mm -hmm. I just need to like I know there must be and then you become very stubborn and you really want to get there and you almost like make a pact with yourself that okay Let's just do this. <laughs> it's going to be painful. <laughs> Let's pain. dive in. Yeah, it's going to be painful. It's going to be a lot of work, a lot of tears, a lot of uh, heartbreaks and mm-hmm. all that. Uh, but there is something. Have you felt the same way, I guess, that you just know? Like, you just know there is something else <gasps> Yeah. For you?
0: So yeah. for me, this happened in, 20, in, I can even tell you exactly when. February 2014. Like, it was a very critical moment for me. I was probably at one of the lowest points of my life. You know, I, was, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say I was depressed, mm-hmm. but every day I was waking up, I was not looking forward to going into work. I was very, very unhappy. There, there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And really, it had all centered from one very, very toxic, flawed belief. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing how one flawed belief well, can have a ripple effect <laughs> and just make everything else miserable. Mm -hmm. And that flawed belief was I had always been told and complimented that I was very, very good at reading people. Uh, Uh Whether that's true or not, I don't, there's no way for me to know that, but I'd always been told that. And every time I looked at someone, I saw them upset or sad Uh always. And of course, if you grow up in a desert where it never rains, you don't believe the rain exists. Yeah. So if you grow up seeing everyone unhappy, you believe happiness doesn't exist. Mm. So when I was in this age, I said to myself, oh, happiness doesn't exist, but that's okay. It's not really my, 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 it's not my fault. It's not my problem. Happiness doesn't exist. I can't find it. Mm. So this is just the way it is. And one day I was watching some video on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it was. And I saw someone who for the first time I said, oh my gosh, they look happy.
1: And they're, and
0: they're younger than me. They don't have access to some like secret wisdom or some secret truth. They're younger than me and they look happy. And that one moment literally created a split in my mind. Wow. And it created a impossible situation where I had to now choose between the old way of living, where I still believe that, oh no, that's a fluke or that's not true, where there's no happiness or where there is such a thing as happiness and I just have a bad data set, wow. you know? And the thought that there was happiness out there that I did not have mm-hmm. infuriated me, upset me. This was maybe like at 11 p.m. at night on a Saturday. <laughs> I couldn't sleep that night. Wow. I could not sleep. I actually was. I stayed up until like 6 a.m., reading, searching, Looking through all of the knowledge I had compiled in books, in journals, everything, almost like trying to find the secret.
1: Yeah. You know?
0: And uh, I then realized at 6 a.m. after not finding anything different that (laughs) all of the information I had looked through was created from the mind state before. Mm -hmm. So the answer wasn't going to be there. You know? And I think that's a very, very important note that if you look at your past, Uh Your past is going to support what you think currently because Mm -hmm. you came from it. Yeah. So the answers are not really in the past, except for like maybe trying to analyze it. Yeah. You know, so I realized I had to do something new and find something different because everything that I had in the past just agreed with where I was today. So that's when I really decided in that moment that I needed to get a lot of help. So that was when I started seeing a therapist regularly. Mm -hmm. And that was when I started uh, also working with uh, Asa more mm-hmm. regularly, mm-hmm. who, like I said, i now consider mm-hmm. a teacher and a mentor. Because mm-hmm. personality is very big, and oftentimes yeah. you only show, even when you're the most open and the most vulnerable, you only show one side of it. It could be a large side, yeah. but you only show one side of it with, with another person. Mm-hmm. So I knew that if I worked with a therapist, I still there'd be things that we would not necessarily touch on. So that's right. kind of yeah. why I, I worked with two different people. Mm-hmm. And I read a lot. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time alone, which is really scary, you know, and really oh, hard. Oh, I can
1: totally relate to that. Because when yeah. you're alone
0: and you're not distracted by social media or TV or video games, your mind goes, oh, you have free time? Let's dig up this ancient <laughs> trauma for you to process, you know? It's <laughs> like, oh, you're not preoccupied? This Let's dig up right. this. Yes. And, ooh <laughs> Like, oh my god, yes, you know? I so feel that. But eventually it it just slowly feels so much lighter and so much easier. And eventually you get to the point where you almost want to be alone because oh, that's can. when that's you feel blast. that's yeah. when you feel most centered, that's when you feel most authentically truly yourself by throwing out yeah. all the garbage that other people have put yeah, into you. Yeah, yeah. And then all that's left is just you. So For me, it was really that pinnacle moment. I would say I didn't reach the state that I'm at today Mm -hmm. probably until about a year or two ago. It takes a lot, especially if you have had like a lot of traumatic experiences Mm -hmm. of any type, you know, I'm not going to say one's worse than the other of any type. If you've had a lot of traumatic experiences, it's going to be a lot of work and it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to be very scary, but Mm -hmm. oh my God, it's so worth it. Yeah.
1: It's, it's... I'm so happy you're saying this right now. It is... It is really so worth it. I think a lot of people still don't really understand or maybe don't even know because in our culture we're never taught officially that yeah. there is uh, your authentic self that sits in you that, that, that this is who you are, mm-hmm. not everything else that, that piles up on top of that. Yeah. And, and I wish there were, well, maybe in the next future generations, they would be teaching that class, you know, at school. That's how I imagine it to myself. How to be you?
0: I, I, I would hope so. That I mean, would be
1: just amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like we're taught instead, you know, no one wants to be someone who is like dependent on society. So in a way, we're kind of taught to prepare for that mm-hmm. in a way. There's a lot of issues with it, but in a way we're taught for that. Mm-hmm but we're not ever taught all of the things about how to like survive like we're not taught like yeah. personal finance we're not taught about like health care and health insurance yeah. we're not taught about emotional well-being True. like no one is ever teaches in a class you know, it's not okay for you to say what you just said to that person. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I'm telling you it's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's because if someone told that to you, mm-hmm. 30 years from now you'll be on a couch talking about how someone said that to you and how it still affects you. Yeah. You know, and, and people don't know that when they're younger. They think it has no effect or it's it's very little effect, unless mm-hmm. you're, of course, the recipient of it. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot, and it's it's hard, of course, because teenagers, you know, it's like yeah. you don't you don't think about the future, you don't think about mm-hmm. you think about things very, very differently. Yeah. But there's still a lot of value in trying to instill as much of that as possible because they will bear fruit later. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. but we don't we don't teach it. We don't teach individuality, we don't teach finding yourself, we don't mm-hmm. teach and I think that's a huge part of that is that a lot of our society is still unaware of it. So, sure. and if they're still unaware of it, then there's no sense of, uh, oh, we should teach it. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, why would you teach finding yourself? Like, I don't even know how that relates to me. It's, yeah. that's, that's the response I would see.
1: Yeah. But I, but I have seen lately more and more people are becoming so much more aware. At least there are more people that I even know personally mm-hmm. who actually strive to, to discover what their purpose in life is yes. and what their mission in life mm-hmm. is. Because, well, one of the many reasons for that, this is where happiness is, I think. Mm-hmm. Like the key to Absolutely. happiness in, in my mind, um, when you know yourself, you, you become free, mm-hmm. right? You're liberated from so many things. You know where your boundaries are as well. Um, oh, and yeah. when and when you're free, you're happy. And so, and, and the, the formula is, it. I know it sounds very easy, but... When you know who you are, and what you are, and what defines you, um, that's, that's when you become really uh, happy, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's your authentic artist in you. And would you say every person is artist, or no?
0: I would say every person is artistic.
1: Artistic. And I
0: think the distinction is very important, because mm. artist is an identity, Mm. And identities are very complicated and very big and very, mm. I would say, independent. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people who are artistic yeah. who may not necessarily identify as an artist for various mm. reasons, mm. good, bad, whatever the case is.
1: It might be a choice too. It right? is.
0: It yeah. is absolutely a choice. Yeah. I mean, our identities are very much a choice. And I say that with a caveat in mm. the sense that naturally who we are trauma aside, problems aside, you know, like, perfect world, Mm -hmm. is only going to tell you what you enjoy and what you want to do and what gives you joy, how you want to put back. And all of these things are not descriptive. They're actions. So in a way, how you choose to describe them informs your identity. So I would not call myself an artist because to me personally, there is a societal perception of what an artist is, that I don't necessarily agree with or prescribe to. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I can't really create a definition for what an artist is that yeah. I like. Ah. So for me it's like I would rather be true and have no label mm-hmm. than like put a label on me that's like half true.
1: But 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 the the truth is defined by you, right? Or by Absolutely. or you don't give that power to society to define
0: Absolutely.
1: Right.
0: Huh. I, I would rather have very few identities and be true to myself, mm-hmm. than put on like a whole closet of identities and not uh, and not be true to myself.
1: I think uh, let's stop here for a second. I think I think for many people, uh, many people would think that there is only one identity that a person has. Is yeah.
0: that true or no? Or they No, well, I mean, it depends how you look at it. I mean, you could look at identity as a holistic thing or as a uniquely independent thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at it as a uniquely independent thing, then in a way, yeah, it's true. I mean, my mm-hmm. identity is unique to me. Yours mm-hmm. is unique to you, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to look at identities more like pairs of clothes mm-hmm. or individual articles of clothing. You know, if you're going to wear the artistic identity, that'll be a shirt or, you know, you're, you know, mm-hmm. or... I'm a man, there's an identity there, mm-hmm. you know, I put on a scarf, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. and you're really a collection of all of those, and that's See, unique like this, to you, that's, that's how and like, that's unique yeah, to you. Yeah,
1: that's my perception, and I guess that's more of a my uh, definition of identity, it's mm-hmm. like a catalog of different yeah. things that uh, collectively define, put together this this, this identity, personality, mm-hmm. but the person and that's like that. unique to you. Yeah, the collection was, is unique. Correct, yes. But the
0: individual pieces, you could relate and sympathize with people True. who have similar things. Right. You know, would you consider yourself an artistic person? Yeah, So I, So me as an artistic person, mm-hmm. you as an artistic person, we would have, quote unquote, like the same type of clothes. Right. Maybe it's a different color, maybe it's a different shape, uh-huh. but the same type. Yeah. But everything else is different and that's what makes relating to people an experience unique is that you can see how all of these identities intersect with each other mm-hmm. and learn yeah. from how that intersection has created a difference in that identity versus in yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important thing is, you know, like, choose the identities. Don't let society choose them for you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know? um, I also think it, it, it is important to know that it is fine to have many many identities Mm -hmm. like it is no one it's not like you have to choose just one and go with that you know guys if you work for um i don't know um an it company right uh it doesn't mean you can't uh do music at nights or on the weekends or or every other day Mm -hmm. or you know if you're an artist it doesn't there is nothing wrong with you working for a bank or advertising or whatever any other field right I think the beauty of today's world is that we're free to choose whatever, whatever we want, really, mm-hmm. whatever makes us happy. And and um, having a job to support your art or artistic side of of your pers- person, um, that's fine too. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of people struggle oftentimes with that. Oh, what do I do? I mean, I'm an artist. Maybe I should just do art. Well, but what if you like the other, other 15 things mm-hmm.
0: too, right? <laughs> I, I think oftentimes what, what people struggle with is they don't see that they have a choice. Mm-hmm. And the reason they don't see that they have a choice is because there's an assumption higher up on the chain
1: mm-hmm. that was
0: also a choice, but they've said that's non-negotiable. Oh. So it could be, well, I have to support my family. Yeah. You know That assumption is up there. Yeah. That assumption is going to cut out a lot of choices. Yeah. Because you can't just, you know, travel the world, not supporting anyone, you know? Yeah. So oftentimes when you look at a choice, mm-hmm. you have to look at all of the other choices as well, because all of them connect with each other and influence one another. Yeah. So, and the problem with that is that oftentimes those assumptions Well, you could say, well, you have a choice. The other person would say, well, that's not really a choice. Yeah. That's true. But that's also a choice. Yeah, It's like, it's two different things.
1: Wow, this is so good. (laughs) I love it. But what, so, for our audience, tell us, what what would you recommend? So, imagine there is a person who uh, is somewhere in their life where they know there is, there must be some, potential or something different for them in life right like that Mm -hmm. sense of discomfort or questioning am i doing the right thing or not or am i in the right place or not something is telling me that there might be something else like what would what would you recommend for people to maybe start that process of of questioning well it it actually
0: ties back perfectly to what we started with in the beginning just start and you'll figure the rest out
1: yeah, but you know, how and, would and you the way and yeah. the way you
0: do that mm-hmm. is by just I would recommend getting someone to help you. And that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean a therapist. It could, it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Find someone who you believe has wisdom. And they should not be a, something to aspire to. You shouldn't want to be them. Yeah. But their way of doing things should feel easy to you in a sense. Yeah. It's kind of hard to describe it. It's Mm -hmm. easier to like know and feeling and trust the feeling because Mm -hmm. the feeling is what put you in this state in the first place. So if the feeling is saying, I need a change, I need help, I need to do something and Mm -hmm. you see another person that you know, that you've heard about, that you've read about that is oh, like this person, they feel like
1: Mm -hmm. I
0: need to connect with this person, Mm -hmm. follow that. Yeah. And if your mind, like mine, says, oh, well, maybe that's not the best way. Maybe there's a better way. It's yeah. like I said, just go for it. Mm-hmm. The nice thing about feelings is they're a pretty good barometer of whether you need to pivot or not. So if, you're in, if yeah. you do start following a path that seems right and then you get somewhere and you're like, I don't really know where I am. Yeah, it's like if your feelings are saying no, I don't really know if this is the right spot. Well, now backtrack and now try something different. Yeah, it's a process of exploration. You'll go down many dead ends. You'll you know. Yeah. But as long as you keep on moving, not in the sense of oh moving, 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 but as long as you keep on working through it, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that feeling will get stronger and stronger and stronger, and it'll just keep on pushing you to get closer and closer to find the path.
1: I'm so happy you mentioned the feelings because. Um, I remember it has changed so much uh, in my own life when I started, I, just, I made a conscious decision to start listening to my feelings and actually asking myself, well, how do I feel right now? Mm-hmm. How, well, this person told me this and that. How, like, how, what's, what's inside of me? What's the response? And I feel that's also a skill and a habit that was not taught to me by anyone really to basically trust your own feelings yeah and that was also a process for me which i had to now it's it's like a second nature i always come back to my own feelings and i step out and and, and try to kind of analyze okay how did i feel right now Let let let's see and i never rush myself mm-hmm. into the decision making i would rather okay Let me try it one more time. And I reassess the situation. Mm -hmm. And if I really don't feel... And, like, if that feeling continues, maybe I should kind of come back to where I
0: started. Yeah. It's, um... I mean, our society avoids pain. You know, it's like...
1: Tweet moment! (laughs) (laughs) Our society avoids pain, ladies and gentlemen.
0: So... And that's how we're trained. You know, we're trained oh, don't talk about this at the dinner table because it's not comfortable. Yeah. And it's it's so problematic because oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes pain blocks you from doing things that you need to do. I mean, it's like, for a very crude example, look at waxing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's painful, but, you know, it produces something beautiful on the other side of it, yeah. you know? So it's... However, to face what's inside of us, it's painful, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what I can say as someone who started from this long time ago and is Mm -hmm. now to where I am today, not perfect. so a lot of work to do, but Mm -hmm. on the path, my path, the pain gets easier if you start small and work your way through, you -hmm. know, it's one of those things where allow yourself to feel hurt, to be in pain. And don't immediately try to go to your thoughts or your brain or to judgment to try and make it go away. Like, oh, I shouldn't mm-hmm. feel sad. Mm-hmm. No. Or someone made you upset or someone made you sad. How can they do this to me? How can they, you know, yeah, how dare yeah, they? Yeah. All you're doing is you're taking the attention off your pain mm-hmm. and you're avoiding it and you're projecting it onto the other person. Even, yes. even if you're right. Yeah. And that's the hardest part. Yeah. There are so many times where you're in the right. That person has done something really sad or really upsetting to you, and you are right to feel sad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's okay. You know, life will have sad moments, but it's getting through it and moving on to the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So it's allowing yourself to actually be sad. And yeah. then if you allow yourself to actually be sad, mm-hmm. you'll feel it expend, and then you'll feel yourself slowly come out of it because yeah. it will have nowhere to go. It's almost, it's like it's moves through you.
1: Exactly. That's, that's, that's just brilliant. And also, um, I think when you start, um, kind of playing with the concept of pain and understanding that the place of pain is also the place of growth Mm -hmm. and that's where the growth is happening and blooming, then in your mind you almost can, that's how I trick myself most of the time, similarly with fears. Um... Try and um, in your own life to reverse the concept and think of instead of being afraid of something, get excited about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And similarly, when you're feeling pain, think of your growth because that's the moment where you're growing and expanding and becoming bigger and better and, and you're moving towards towards where, where you need to be mm-hmm. in life, right? Um, and I agree that, uh, of course our society, (laughs) I mean, the questions of pain, I personally love talking about pain, but also I understand that I love talking about it, um, partially because I have a therapist and, and I, I have, um, you know, I only have great things to say about that. Mm-hmm. I think it's healthy. I think everyone should have someone to talk to. Yes. Um and I would highly recommend to have a person outside of your immediate circle. 100%. So it's not your family and not your close friends. Uh I think and and not your, your coworkers. And there. not your <laughs> bo- <laughs> and not your boss
0: too. And not your boss. <laughs> not your banker. Not you know like find someone that you can really like open up to. <laughs> you know. Because you don't want to, like, go to withdraw $100 from the ATM and then you start talking to the random person. They're like, how do I get out of here? <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> talking about the childhood and you know. Wow.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> this, <is, laughs> this is great. Um, so many insights today. Um, so, in the towards the end of all of my podcasts, I tend to ask people this uh, pretty much same question as to... Um, so what what is your day-to-day and what makes, what makes you smile and what makes you happy in your everyday life? And the reason yeah. why I ask this question is because I try to inspire people to think really about very simple things that might be making you happy mm-hmm. and, and to inspire the fact that um, you don't really need a lot of things in your life to bring that happy happiness mm-hmm. right um, and the more you pay attention to your actions every day and happenings and things that happen to you um, the more abundance uh, it creates in your life right mm-hmm. so so for an artistic person like yourself what are the things that top things that makes you happy so it's, you happy?
0: it's interesting I want to touch on one point because of what you just said, and I think it's so important. Mm -hmm. Um, Happiness is not something that's found, Mm -hmm. it's something that's practiced. Mm. And.
1: Tweak moment. (laughs) And I
0: say that at this point, everyone in my life has heard me say this thousands of times because so many people search for how do I find happiness yeah. and the instant you say that mm-hmm. you're positioning happiness outside of yourself, mm-hmm. that it's something that you need to change to get it. Mm. Anyone can be happy tomorrow.
1: Yeah.
0: You have to decide to do it and decide to be happy and live happy and live intentionally. So you might hear my day to day and go, that sounds like my life. That sounds so boring or that sounds whatever. And that's because my life is not what makes me happy. I decide to be happy and choose to be happy throughout the day. Yeah. And I think that's a really important distinction because if you do it that way, mm-hmm. you might have a day where nothing good really happens. You get into an argument with your boss or you have a bad client meeting or whatever the case is, but it doesn't really disturb your flow. Yeah. And it's, you're, you're not letting outside events define your day. You're choosing to be happy and choosing to have a good day mm-hmm. before you even have the day. Yeah. So I want to make that really, really important distinction. So good. Yes. Really important distinction. Yes. Um, my day to day is very different, of course, on, uh, work days versus the weekend days, Mm. but on work days, I tend to like, how grand would you want me to go hour by hour? Ah, Like what what do you want ah, me to do here? Well, let's do top, 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 top
1: level, top, top level on weekday and top level on weekday. So top
0: level weekday is I wake up relatively late i'm a night person not a morning person yeah. i wake up relatively late i go to work immediately mm-hmm. um i refuse to bring work home
1: Good. so
0: sometimes that means i have to stay a little bit later sometimes you know i can leave on time mm-hmm. but i refuse to work from home unless i have to yeah. you know like something's critical so and then i leave the office and about 50% of the time Mm -hmm. I have some personal growth activity Mm -hmm. of some type. It could either be a piano lesson, it could be therapy, it could be uh, a session with like a mentor or a teacher to Mm -hmm. learn from them, it could be um, a doctor's appointment. It's Mm -hmm. always something that will enrich me or make me feel good or make me feel better.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Never something bad or that I don't want to do or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And then every once in a while, it'll be me going straight home. Mm -hmm. However, if I do go straight home, I will make a conscious effort to do something in a similar vein, Mm. read a little bit, do something, whatever the case is, eat dinner, and then I usually relax and unwind, and then I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Weekends... Uh, usually I have one week, one day where I refuse to do anything. It's just total fun, free exploration. Great. I refuse to do chores. I refuse to I take it to lessons, the the you know, <laughs> good. good. Um, and I, I'm very, very religious about that because yeah. you need a day where your mind can just be free yeah. and wander without presupposition. And that doesn't mean, you know, Oh, I can't hang out with friends just only hang out with friends if they're going to make you feel good and make you feel happy you know Mm -hmm. etc so I have one day where it's completely free Mm -hmm. and then I have another day where I'll try to spend half of the day doing a lot of work on productive things whether that's you know that's usually when I do chores or when I do errands or Mm -hmm. whatever and then the second half is it's still a weekend so then Mm -hmm. that's more relaxing
1: Um,
0: and I tend to make the most progress on personal projects on that half of one of the weekend days, yeah. Um, the things that really make me smile and that I'm really passionate about and really happy, um, I laugh at myself. You know, I, <laughs> I I will run back and forth between two rooms, lost for something, and I'll just start laughing because I'll think it's so stupid. You know, like <laughs> like I, whatever's in my head right now is this just is so, so dumb. <laughs> you know, oh, you know, and I just start laughing. Um, so I laugh at myself a lot. Does the other anything. thing is mm-hmm. I find a lot of humor in, like, situational things. So, mm-hmm. you know, someone waiting for a taxi and then they turn around and they walk away and then a taxi pulls. Like, like silly things like that. Mm-hmm. Things that are more intentional that I do to make myself happy. Um, it's anything for me. For me, it's really poetry. Mm-hmm. I really take solace in writing, even if I don't write any poems for, like, months, which is mm-hmm. currently where I'm at right now. I just take great mm-hmm. solace in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, music as well. Music for me yeah. is huge. Yes. Listening to... A, for me, it's opera. Listening uh-huh. to a really beautiful opera, even if it's a sad one, elicits yeah. a lot of joy and a lot of emotion and a lot of really powerful energy in me.
1: Wow. That's so beautiful. I love that you brought up the uh, laughing at yourself moments um, because the... True nature of people is joy. Really, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like this is absolutely. This is your intentional um, act of becoming closer to your true nature. Really. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't think about it, but um, it, you know, I know a lot of people who are they're they're just happy and smiling and laughing all the time, um, and it comes very natural. But I also understand that they're. Um, they're so in agreement with who they are that that brings that ease Mm -hmm. on day to day where you can just be silly and you can be laughing and you can be smiling Um, and that's that's just true happiness and um Thank you so much for sharing all of this today. What an insightful conversation! My pleasure. Uh, I'm very I, happy to. I, I just feel like the whole room is lit with this uh, glow <laughs> and light and, <laughs> and happiness. And and uh, I really meditated this morning before you came in for us to have uh, a great, insightful conversation. And that's how it turned out to be. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, episode. And um, have a great week, uh, wherever you are, and uh, uh, hopefully today you learn so many new things uh, that will um, make it easier for you uh, to get closer to your authentic self when you're in agreement with who you really are. Um, and